everybody. What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm so glad to see everybody. So glad to hear from you. So glad that we are together to have a conversation. Uh, do me a favor as you come in. Please uh, hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you have not. Uh, if you have not done that yet, also put your B1 in the chat. B1 means we are black first. Black first means that uh, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, we're all, as long as we're black first. Uh, black first means that I don't care if you're gay or straight. As long as you're black first. Black first means that I don't care if you're rich or poor. As long as you're black first. Black first means I don't care if you're male or female. As long as you're black first. If you agree with this philosophy, if you, if you agree that we have to put our people at the top of the priority list, Put a B1 in the chat. Uh, B1 is the calling card. Uh, we even have a movie coming out this summer called B1 the Movie, directed by Rick Mathis, because we are building our own film industry, our own Black-owned media. We're doing it. We're getting it done. We're not just talking. We're doing, doing, doing. So anyway, I want to say hello to Jermaine Trusty and Travis Lewis and uh, Love Moves and uh, Lojuan and G-Town, etc. And uh, also, uh, I see uh, DDS. Good to see you, brother. Vicky Wilkins. Uh, good to see everybody. Shout out the city you're from. Let me know. And also mention your Black-owned businesses if you have one. Uh, all right. So uh, Candace Owens, let's talk about Candace Owens. Um, how many of you, give me a yes if you're familiar with Candace Owens and what she does. Uh, Candace Owens, I, I, she, you know, she's pretty much out there. You know, I think she could run for president or something. And there'd be a lot of people that would vote for her. Uh, I wouldn't vote for her, just in case you want to know. I, I don't think that she's a person that I would want to see necessarily in the White House or something like that. But I do believe that she has a right to speak. And I respect the right of uh, people to speak, even if they disagree with me. You know, now I know that we live in a country where people are expected to get mad and talk crazy about anybody who does not co-sign on their opinion. Uh, but I don't live in that world. I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in a world where people are not allowed to express dissenting points of view. You know what that's called? That's called China. <laughs> China. And, uh, you know, that that's also called uh, oppression. That's uh, called, um, uh, what's the other word? Tyranny. Tyranny. Tyranny is a word that would be used to describe a society where people cannot express their points of view. So uh, anyway, so here we go. So Candace is in the news right now because Candace basically uh, YouTube is is kind of uh, jumping, jumping on her pretty hard about some uh, uh, things that she's done related to the whole trans movement. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about it because uh, YouTube is funny. They demonetize people for even saying certain words, but y'all know what I'm talking about. And uh, so Candace had a, had a perspective and um, apparently they've demonetized her channel uh, for uh, violating a couple of uh, what they consider to be ethical ethical misgivings. I, I don't think there's anything in their terms of service that say that, that she can't say what she said. But uh, unfortunately, we live in a political world where people make up the rules as they go along. So she was demonetized because uh, I, apparently uh, it is rude if a person uh, decides to switch their gender and you refer to them by uh, their um, their original gender or if they change their name and you refer to them by their original name. I think they call that dead naming. Uh, they like to make up words. You know, I, I find that my friends on the left are more likely to do that. They make up words and labels for other people. So now the new term is apparently called dead naming, where if, uh, if my name is Tom and I change my name to Felicia and you call me Tom, well, that is apparently a violation of my rights. Uh, and then uh, there's another one that she violated, uh, I think, referring to people by their uh, their given their birth gender or something like that. Right. So uh, anyway, I'm, you know, that's not so much the issue that's that's um, 
on my mind as I see this. I, I was really just intrigued by how uh, Candace Owens and people uh, like her operate. Right. Uh, and, I, and I think it's interesting to kind of talk about Candace in the sense of saying, OK, here's a black woman that looks that's black like us. Uh, Candace is um, is a person that, again, I believe she has a, a right to have her perspective. Uh, I, I don't like this idea that if somebody's point of view makes you mad or hurt your feelings, they shouldn't be allowed to share it. Um, I, I'm just not a fan of that. Uh, and, and, you know, and in that regard, I think Candace has a right to speak. Uh, but at the same time, there is uh, there is a kind of an interesting uh, thing that kind of happens where, you know, you uh, you have these individuals like the Candace Owenses who uh, use their blackness as a way to achieve an agenda that I don't think is a B1 agenda. Uh, I don't know. Give me a yes or no. Would you say that Candace, now B1 means black first. That means the black community is the top of your priority list. Would you define Candace Owens as a B1 person? Would you define, give me a yes or no. Would you consider Candace Owens to be uh, black first, like the black community is her tip top priority? Or would you say that she has other priorities that are more important to the black community, like say I don't know, serving the Republican Party. Uh, what do you What do you guys think? Uh, give me a yes or no. What What do you think? Do you think she's B one or not? Or what are your thoughts? Uh, they Oh, they call it misgendering. Uh, so I guess you, if you, you know, if a person says that they're a woman and you call the, and you say no, you're actually a guy. That's misgendering. That's you know, um, they're pretty soon, pretty soon. Just so you know, pretty soon they're gonna say that's just as bad as calling somebody the N word, right? And I and I think that um, there's enough room for diversity of perspective in the black community for us to say, you know, that, that maybe some of us just think that that's BS. You know, um, again, some of you may agree, and I and I think you have a right to agree with uh, with that that leftist perspective, and then some of you disagree. Some of you. Uh, are a little bit confused. I, I'll admit, um, I'm confused by this idea that you can just decide what you want to be. Um, I know that our daughter ran in the track meet and there was a little girl in there that I, we really thought might be a little boy. And let me just tell you the truth. Uh, the girls were very, um, uh, uh, very, uh, what's the word? Uh, not offended. They were intimidated by this person that ran and this person uh, happened to be dominant over the, the female athletes. I mean, absolutely dominated the, the girls, you know, and so they were demoralized. They were sad. And uh, and so as much as we might want to defend the rights of the person uh, who decided that they should be running with the girls, you also have to defend the girls. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I think that one of the things that's really interesting is that we forget that as much as we want to defend one group's rights, we can't defend one group's rights at the expense of the rights of other people. Give me a yes if you follow this. You know, and, and I think that this is one of the things that's really fascinating to me about American politics is that you have some people in this society that have become what I call very aggressive victims. Like they will beat you upside the head with their victimhood. Because they are victims, they can take that victimhood and beat you to a damn pulp to the point where uh, you become the bigger victim uh, because they are so aggressive. Uh, for example, there was one um, swimmer at Kentucky, my alma mater. I went to the University of Kentucky. She uh, went to uh, she was going around the country basically saying, hey, look, women swimming should have, uh, you know, should have women in, in the match. That you shouldn't be able to say, hey, I'm a woman today, or I decided to become a woman, so now I'm going to compete with women. She was talking about that uh, person at, the, at Yale. Uh, I think it was at Yale. 
who basically switched from men to women and dominated women swimming and literally took all the trophies away from the women and literally just beat the crap out of the women in swimming. And uh, because, you know, there are people who felt that he had a, a significant biological advantage. So she went around kind of speaking, saying this isn't right. Well, do you know that they they were spitting on this lady? They were throwing stuff at her head. They were attacking her. And uh, and I'm going to just tell you like this. I, I, I really don't understand where we forgot about the importance of protecting women. I don't understand where we forgot that uh, that women should be protected, you know, e even if it doesn't necessarily fit uh, some other type of agenda. And I think so now what's kind of happened is that all these agendas have kind of stepped on themselves and it's become very confusing and kind of crazy uh, for black folks. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you what, I think that we, uh, as black people have to figure out where we stand in the middle of all this. So anyway, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. I want to remind everybody, you're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, you don't have to be educated. You just have to value education. You don't have to be intelligent. You just have to value intelligence. Uh, we try to raise the conversation up and have a good discussion that's that allows for freedom of speech and also allows us to learn and grow and, and hear perspectives that are different from our own. Uh, also, this podcast is on Spotify. If you go to Spotify, if I look up my name, Boyce Watkins, you can find it there. And just so you want to know, some of you that know me as a finance professor, which my PhD is in finance, uh, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a, a financial trainings uh, coming up one in Illinois. Uh, JJ Conway invited me to speak at her event in Illinois. If you go to boycewalkins.com, you can find out information about it. That's going to be next week, I think the 15th and 16th. And then also I'm going to be speaking in Seattle, July 8th. So if you want to fly into Seattle, I'm going to do a four-day, four-hour intensive training in Seattle. Not four days, four hours. Uh, you can go to boycewalkins.com. The information for Seattle and Illinois are both there, and I'll keep you guys posted. All right, so let's let's hop, let, let's finish, let's jump back into Candace. Okay, so here's the thing with Candace that's interesting to me. Uh, first off, uh, I, I really think the conservatives have been very creative in terms of figuring out how to monetize outside of the traditional ecosystem. I think that there was a lot of what I consider to be somewhat unfair muting of specific voices on, uh, on YouTube. Um, I think Elon Musk buying Twitter was his way of responding to the fact that Twitter just got ridiculous with the censorship. Uh, during the pandemic, there were Harvard-educated doctors and, you know, et, 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 et cetera. They were not even allowed to speak because they literally would label people. They love to label people and they'd say, oh, you're just full of, of misinformation or you're spreading misinformation. And what that does is that gives them, that's a type of tyranny because once I label you, then I, ha I no longer have to listen to you. Once I label you and I say, oh, you're just a spreader of misinformation, I don't have to hear anything you have to say. It doesn't matter if you went to Harvard, Yale or nothing. You, you're just seen as an outcast. And I, and I really think this is um, dangerous behavior because now the, you, I've noticed in the conservatives, it's like Crips and Bloods. I'm just kind of watching this gang warfare happen. Uh, and, and I'm not voting for Trump or Biden in case you want to know who I'm voting for. I'm not voting for either one of them. I don't just because you don't go to McDonald's doesn't mean you have to go to Burger King. Just because I don't drink Pepsi does not mean I have to drink Coke uh, a lot. The biggest lie you were ever told as a black person is that you have to be a Democrat or a Republican. And anybody who tells you that not being a Democrat means you you're supporting the Republicans is, is, is not a person that supports your freedom. They are a person that is suppressing your vote. Voter suppression isn't just keeping black people from the polls. Voter suppression is forcing black people to vote for their candidate. Uh, also, I'll say this, um, you know, if, if you want me to vote for you, then talk me into voting for you. 
Tell me about your reparations plan. Tell me about some idea that you have that's going to make the black community better. Make me vote for you. Do not try to just get me to vote against the other guy. I know that game too. That that is you're leaning at that point. You're trigger. You're trying to trigger me and get me to lean on fear, right? I don't believe that black people, and I need y'all to hear me. I don't believe that black people will ever progress in this society as long as you're making the majority of your decisions out of fear. Do you get what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. Anybody who operates out of fear is not trying to advance. All you're trying to do is to keep from falling behind. Anybody who operates out of fear is not ever going to thrive because all you're trying to do is not die. Anybody who's, who spends all their time trying not to get last place ain't never going to be able to win. Do you understand what I'm saying? So do not let these people get you operating in a space of fear every time it comes time for you to vote. I don't give a damn who you vote for. I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. I ain't never told you who to vote for. But Lord Jesus, they first thing they do is they try to scare black people. Well, you know, if DeSantis gets elected, then it's going to be terrible. Black folks are going to, they're going to not educate. Black people won't ever learn black history anymore. Well, you know what? You got, you can learn your own history. You do know that there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of black educators who can't get a job in the public schools because white folks want all the money who can educate your child better than the school system can. Every Wednesday night in the Black Business School, we have free Black History Poweronomics trainings every Wednesday night at 8.30. Just go to my website, boycewalkins.com. You can join us. We've been reading Black History every week. We've been reading economic strategy every week. And we do this for the whole community. So, so what, one of the things I think that's really fascinating to me is this mindset of codependence that we've adopted. That we are that we are so committed to, and and I really just want you to understand that you will never ever you you will never advance. Your your kids or grandkids are going to have the same problems that you have, because you're sitting here operating on a low vibrational frequency. You're not trying to fly. You're trying to just barely stay off the ground. You're trying to keep from sinking into this quicksand. So so I'm gonna just tell you like this: if you ever ask me to vote for somebody, or you ask me what my political opinion is. I'm going to be honest with you, but it will never come from a place of fear because I know I'm smart enough to know. And you're smart enough to know because we're, we're intelligent black people here that their number one go to strategy. And I need you all to listen. I need you all to pay attention when politics, when, you know, when, when election time comes, their number one go to strategy to get black people to, to do the same thing that we've been doing in every election is to lean on fear. They never lean on what they're going to do for you. Instead, they lean on what the other party ain't doing for you. They say, well, well, if you're mad at Biden about reparations, what you think, what you think DeSantis is going to do? Well, I ain't talking about DeSantis. DeSantis ain't asking for my vote. So so and I'm not giving it to him. So I'm not I'm not talking about DeSantis. I'm talking about the person that wants something for me. If I walk in your store, pay attention now. If I walk in your store and you say I want $50, I'm going to say $50 for what? What am I going to get? And the dumbest answer you could give me, pay attention now, the intelligent black people will get this. Idiots are not going to understand what I'm saying, but I want you to understand. And then you say to me, well, the store down the street ain't giving you nothing. What you think they're going to give you? Well, I say, well, if I give them my $50, then I'll have a different conversation with them. But you're the one asking for my money. Do you understand? So if if you ask me for my money, you owe me. They don't owe me nothing because I didn't give them my money. So so if, if, if you're 
it, so so when somebody says, well, 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 you think the Democrats ain't doing nothing? What, what do you think the Republicans are going to do for you? Well, then when I vote for a Republican, then I'll ask the Republicans, what are you doing for my vote? But if I'm not giving you my vote, then I'm going to hold the people accountable who I gave my vote to, not the people that I didn't give my vote to. Think about that. That's like you go to a job and you work 40 hours a week. I got to repeat this analogy so people will get it, because for whatever reason, this is like seen as crazy and radical. People, there are people that just don't want to believe what I'm saying. They get angry. They don't really have a logical reaction. They just get mad. Um, but imagine you go to work and you work 50 hours that week at your job and you you go to your boss and you say, you I, you pay me $30 an hour. I work 50 hours. You owe me $1,500. Where's my money? And imagine if your boss said, well, uh, I don't really, I'm, I might give you a hundred bucks. And you say, no, 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 you owe me $1,500. I want my money. And then imagine if he said, well, why don't you ask them? Why don't you ask that company down the street to pay you? See how much they give you. That's a stupid response. It's like, no, because I didn't work for them. I didn't do anything for them. I worked for you. Black people work for the Democratic Party. We do not work for the Republican Party. If we work for the Republican Party, then absolutely, you should be talking about whoever you get your vote from. So, so to some extent, the part of me that, that wishes I could actually relate or appreciate a Candace Owens is the part of me that does enjoy seeing people poking the bear. I do enjoy seeing people pointing out the hypocrisy and the ridiculousness of it, of, of, of what, what's kind of going on. What I don't enjoy with Candace Owens is that I don't believe that Candace does these things because she's truly advocating for black people. I believe Candace Owens uses her blackness as a Republican Party card, as a Republican Party race card that they can play to say, look, we got this black girl that that's, can speak the language that knows what the Democrats aren't doing right, and she's going to deliver votes for us every single time. And that's why I don't get on board with Candace. You know, Candace, uh, the reason Candace has so much influence and power is not because she's some brilliant, articulate mind. She doesn't have this power because she's some extraordinary black woman who just rose to the ranks. Candace does not have this power because her content is just so extraordinarily unique and her ideas are so uh, superior to everyone else's. Candace is a paid mercenary. Candace Owens is compensated by the right wing to produce for for Republicans. Candace, um, you know, uh, is 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 uh, you know, she is a hired gun. She is gang affiliated. If now if Candace were an independent black woman, if she were independent and stood out and said, "Look, I don't like their Democrats or Republicans. I'm going to critique both of them because I care about my community," then I could rock with that. But you show up with your white boy husband. No disrespect to anybody who marries interracially. Some of y'all do, and I and I'm okay with that. I got people in my own family that married married interracially, but they know that they know how to play their position. They they know how to play their position, and I'm I'm sorry. Forgive me for saying this. It's going to offend some people. It's going to make some of y'all mad. But uh, I think I have special license to speak on black people and black women, partly because I invested my life in a black woman. I have helped raise black women. I have stood by my mama, who's a black woman. So I have invested in a way that is different from a divester. 
I'm not in the passport bros. I believe every black man should have a passport, but I'm not getting a passport to run away from my destiny. I'm not running away from the women who who've defended us for the last 400 years since slavery. I'm not running away from the challenges that come with black people dating and loving other black people. I've invested my life in a black woman and in a black family. So, so really, when you come in and you got a whole lot to say about black people, but you have not invested your life in a black person. Well, then that undermines your credibility. That means you haven't really put your money where your mouth is. So effectively with Candace Owens, um, Candace Owens is as much of an asset to the Republican Party as, say, uh, as, as some of the black women are to the Democratic Party. You've got black women. That like a, like I don't know. You can start with Kamala Harris on all that all the all the way down to Jasmine, what's her face, the or to the lady who's the press secretary. Joe Biden has his women. He has his 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 binder full of women that he utilizes to keep the black community at bay. Joe Biden is the pimp, and he's got all these black women and some men too that go out and will do his bidding. And the way they do their bidding is pretty much that Joe is right no matter what, that Joe must be forgiven no matter what, that we support Blue no matter who. We back Joe to the end. And uh, and 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 what's really happening, what's really been occurring, and I love it, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I love it, is that you have a lot of black folks. It, is, it starts with some of the men. The men are the ones that get blamed for it, but there are a lot of women. I see a lot of women rocking with this, too. A lot of black people are saying, no, that's not that's not what we're that's not what's going to work for our community. That's not what's going to get us ahead. We've been giving you our vote consistently and we ain't getting nothing for it. Are the, the communities run by Democrats are a damn shame. They are a damn shame. They are an embarrassment. And then on top of that, you dumping a whole bunch of people from south of the border into black neighborhoods. You literally in New York City. How many of y'all saw Does anybody see in New York City? how they're literally spending $300 a night putting thousands and thousands of migrants in these hotels. Anybody, did anybody else see that? I'm going to find the headline. Let me see if I can find the headline and share it on the screen. It's, it's crazy. Hit the thumbs up button, by the way. Please hit the thumbs up button. Yeah, so let me see, $300 a night hotel. Um, yeah, they're, they're literally in New York paying $300 a night to put people in hotel rooms and, th and then they're telling us that they don't have the money to afford the things that we want. But yet, for whatever reason, I don't know. And I'm trying to figure this out. Did any of y'all like write letters in and say, we need y'all to just let in an unbelievable number of immigrants into the country and then spend $300 a night putting them in hotels? Does, is anybody, I mean, who asked for this? What part of the Democratic Party agenda that Black people re requested does this fulfill? What, what, do, where does this, I mean, seriously, you know, and, and again, now pay attention now, the New York mayor is a black man just like you, but is he B1? Is he black first? Is he there because he's black? No, he's there because he's a puppet. He's there because he's going to fulfill somebody else's agenda. He's a black face on white liberalism. That's just, he's white liberalism with a black face. Candace Owens is white conservatism with in blackface. And so what I'm saying to you is that all of these black faced Negroes, whether you're talking about Eric Adams on the left or Candace Owens on the right, 
They serve a purpose for somebody. Don't get me wrong. They're not. I, and I want to I want to try to slow down my language here, because sometimes when I speak on this, I, I sound I, I sound like an angry black man. And I'm trying not to show too much of, of, of that because I almost scare people away. I, I, I just need you to be open minded and hear what I'm seeing here. I'm not a stupid man. I'm a college professor and I'm not a young college professor. I got my Ph.D. 21 years ago. So 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 I'm seeing some things that everybody may not see. I have some perspectives that that a lot of people may not get. And, and so I'm not asking you to agree with me or even understand it yet. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just asking you to listen and consider it and think about it. These people are not your friends. These people are not your these people are not the ones who are going to solve that problem. This is not your solution. These black politicians and these black political operatives, those are two categories. You got the ones that get elected to office, and then you get the ones that get paid to promote certain ideas. And you got them on the left and you got them on the right. And some of their ideas are not bad. You know, let me just say this. Let me just let me try to be more optimistic. And my wife, you know, my wife is a therapist and I probably need a therapist because I'm an angry black man. James Baldwin said, if you black and you ain't angry, something's wrong with you. And he basically said that. Right. So I've been angry my whole life. So my wife tells me to try to be more positive. So let me try to be more optimistic. I'm going to point out the good here about some of these these operatives. If you look on the left and you have black political operatives, some not everything they do is bad. Right. Not all their ideas are terrible. I believe some of them are really trying to do the right thing. Unfortunately, they're limited in their self-confidence. They're limited in their, their core belief that black people can get things done without needing some white zaddy to hold it down for us. We don't need a Joe Biden. We don't need a Democratic Party. I see families all the time. You know, remember in the black business school, we have hit millions of black families all across this country. I've met a lot of you across this country. I have seen so many black families that have put the politics to the side and focus on just doing basic things to put your family on top. Basic things. Your kids ain't running out here ratchet. You're making sure your family's educated. You're working hard every day. You're picking up a book instead of a liquor bottle. You're saving and investing your money. And you're doing extremely well. I like these stories. And the reason I like these stories is because I'm seeing solutions. I'm seeing solutions being implemented one family at a time. What I am not seeing are effective solutions being implemented at the top. And the reason is that there are so many people at the top who have incentives to do things that have nothing to do with you that have nothing to do with their well-being. I can't think of a single thing Candace Owens has advocated for that has truly moved the needle in terms of improving the lives of black people or even white people. Even, you know, even her, I'm sure her white husband would be very happy if Candace, you know, was doing some things even for white people. And, 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 and maybe, maybe she's helping a little bit. Maybe she's helping like, you know, with the white male conservative agenda, they get to put a black face on it. So, so, so she may be helping them, but I don't, I can't think of anything that Candace is doing to benefit anybody, right? At the same time, I don't think all of her ideas are bad. Uh, I don't think that she's entirely incorrect. Uh, she's 100% correct that the Democratic Party has been using black people. She's 100% correct that a lot of the neighborhoods that are being run by Democrats are abs in absolute shambles. She's 100% correct that when you lose your families, 
uh, you are losing your power. You're losing your souls. You're losing your dignity. You have to really realign yourself with family or you're going to be screwed. Uh, so so there, there are some good points there. Uh, so she's making the right points for the wrong reasons. And then when you go to the left, let's look at some Democratic Party operatives, like, say, a Roland Martin or whoever. I don't think Roland is anti-black. I think Roland just believes that the Democratic Party is uh, is an important solution for black people. But Roland has skin in the game. Roland has friends that live on Capitol Hill. Roland has people that he's trying to connect to that will get him on TV. Roland is getting compensated to pursue certain ideas, right? He will be punished for pursuing other ideas. So effectively, you got to know the difference between uh, a good idea that comes from a source that, uh, that really cares about you versus a good idea that comes from a source that has a different agenda. So, so you know, I would just say this. Um, with Candace Owens being demonetized by YouTube, I don't, I don't like it. I, I, I really think that this uh, really adds to the battle. I think the conservatives now are fighting against the liberals, uh, and the battlegrounds are places like YouTube and Twitter, right? So, so on YouTube, you had, uh, you have basically this idea that because Candace uh, said something that they that the the trans community doesn't like, she deserves to have her channel demonetized. And again, as a finance professor, I want you all to pay attention. This is where I'm giving you your financial lesson. This is why understanding wealth and acquiring wealth and understanding things like diversification is extremely important because in a capitalist society, the number one method that's going to be used to try to control you, harm you, punish you, or or whatever is going to be money. It's going to be taking away your money. So if you want to know the number one source of slavery for black people over the last several hundred years, it's been that you can't piss off your boss because your boss will take away your money. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is why I speak on the, the economics so consistently to say to you that you have to solve this problem and this problem is only going to be solved if you plan ahead. Why is that difficult? Well, planning ahead is difficult because you don't have the culture for proactive thinking. Planning ahead is difficult because you don't have a culture that per, that 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 uh, persuades you to engage in delayed gratification. Planning ahead is difficult because you have an anti-intellectual culture that has been pushed on you by the whites and Jews that own the hip hop industry that are pushing music on you that not only leaves you blind, deaf, dumb, crazy, stupid, broke, ignorant, diseased, broken families and lost and incarcerated. That's the problem. So so, so the, the solution is easy. The solution is very easy. It's the implementation that's hard. Because, because the, the addiction to slavery is very, very real. And, and this is where I can listen to a Candace Owens and say, yep, she's right about that. Yep, she's right about that. Yep, she's right about that. But, at the, but the problem is that I, I, we're not going to get to this conclusion that says that we want to go out and say vote for the same Republican that she's voting for because I think that's a personal choice. Uh, and also, I don't believe that the solutions for our community are going to come from the politicians. Okay, so... Uh, you know, I'll say this. The, when I look at the battleground, not only do I see a battleground on YouTube uh, with the demonetization thing, I think that's inappropriate. I don't think they should do that. But I also notice on Twitter, now you've got Elon Musk, who basically went in there and exposed a lot of the nonsense that was going on on Twitter before he got there. Uh, I do believe that, that Twitter was working with the federal government to control free speech. 
and to uh, limit people's ability to speak uh, if they did not agree with the government. So in that regard, democracy was dead on Twitter. And what I like about Musk and the way he's running Twitter now is that um, if you are sure, if you're conservative, he might actually appreciate your point of view more because he seems like a conservative person. But if you're liberal, he's not going to stop you from speaking. I have not seen um, any cases where, in fact, I think I saw where he invited Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow to have a show on Twitter, just like Tucker Carlson. That's all I ever wanted. All I ever wanted was the right to hear from everybody. One of the so, so if you want to know the thing that ticks me off, the thing that the point where we need to stop is when you get to this point where somebody says they don't have a right to talk. Just shut up. We don't we don't want to hear anything that you have to say. That's crazy, man. And I don't see how anybody can support that and also believe in democracy. You can't. There's no way you can support that idea and then also say, I believe in democracy. Um, in fact, let me give you an example. In fact, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, this Again, this podcast is on Spotify. If you look up Boyce Watkins, you can find it on Spotify. And I have a new book. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's a bestseller on Amazon. And I'm very proud of that because uh, everything we do is independent. We don't lean on corporate sponsorship. Um, I've had banks contact me because I'm a financial influencer and all that. And I just tell them to go away. Um, and uh, also, last but not least, I am going to be in Seattle soon and uh, Illinois next week speaking at J.J. Conway's event. And also, Khabibi uh, is inviting me up to Seattle uh, July 8th. So if you'd like to join us in either place or come up and meet me and hear me speak or uh, do, do a training, uh, you can go to boycewalkins.com. The information's right there. All right. So uh, so so here's what here's where here's where we can go with this. Um, I think that overall, you know, I, I don't like where the country's going. Let me just say this. Uh, in my view is that there are outside forces that are feeding off of the division that's occurring in the United States. I think they want. Democrat against Republican, old versus young, white versus black, man versus woman. And all this all this fighting is is, is what is going to destroy America. America's on its way down. I just want you, you need to understand that your kids um, and grandkids tell them to learn Chinese because China has something that the United States does not have. And that is called unity. China can get things done that the U.S. can't get done. They have more political will than the United States. I saw something the other day that said that in Pakistan, there were these uh, docks and, um, and, uh, and uh, what, not riverfronts, but uh, waterfront sort of uh, ports that they wanted to develop. And the United States came along and said, sure, we'll develop those ports in exchange for access, military access or whatever, right? Well, the United States made the agreement and then they didn't finish the job. Why? Well, because somebody new got elected a couple of years later and then they couldn't fit. They, they, it got defunded. Same thing happened with the fall of Saigon with Vietnam. If you look up the history of Vietnam, the fall of Saigon happened because we went in and acted like we were invested in this Vietnam War. All those poor people went over there, got killed and maimed and, and screwed up. My father was one of them. And then we just decided, oh, we don't want to do it no more. We, we, we're done. We're going to leave. So China, it is a dictatorship. It is it is communist, but they're also able they're, they're also an interesting experiment in that we've never had a society that was uh communist and had uh, elements of capitalism at the same time Com china is a controlled society that has still allowed free enterprise to flourish so i so far it's working extremely well because they can get things done they're, so they're going to pakistan where the united states abandoned all those ports and they're saying oh we're going to finish the port 
Why? Well, because we got one guy, Xi Jinping, who who basically can sign off on things. And when we say we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And so a lot of countries are turning to China for global leadership. A lot of countries uh, are sick of the United States using their money to push things like a gay agenda on countries like Uganda and other places. You know, they're, they're sick of the United States using their money to uh, pretend like we have some sort of moral high ground. Uh, so a lot of the BRICS countries, um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, oh, they're working extremely hard to, to minimize the use of the U.S. dollar in global trade. This is going to affect your country in other ways, in addition to the fact that your debt got out of control because your politicians are stupid. You're not investing in your kids. You know, your, your kids are coming out of high school. Millions of them can't even read and write. They can't compete with the Chinese scientists. You think you can compete in, in artificial intelligence when the vast majority of your kids coming out of school, public schools in Chicago, can't even read and write a grade level? Are you kidding me? Oh, we're done. We're done. China, do you know that China produces more engineers than the United States, Japan, and India combined? Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? China produces more engineers than the U.S., India, and Japan put together. And on top of that, they're better trained. They come out of college ready to get patents, ready to do work. Our engineers, oh, they spent four years. They, they were studying in college, but they were also doing a lot of partying. So you got to spend about two years on the job. This is the true fact that you got to spend about two years with them on the job, learning how to not be a spoiled millennial and learning how to actually do the work. Literally it takes two years to even get them up to speed. The Chinese engineers show up day one, ready to go. They have an army of tech minded young people that are going to just dominate the world in about 30, 40. I, I just thank God I ain't going to have to be around to deal with that. I'm serious. So I'm telling you, you better prepare your kids. Our son is learning Chinese. Let me say, he's. I told him, I said, yeah, that's a good language to learn. I taught a class in China. I saw the culture. I compared the cultures. It ain't the same. They on, they're on a whole nother level. They, were, they have codes of behavior that you can only dream about. Here, we don't respect nothing. We don't respect nothing and nobody. Or if you do respect something, you're looking up to some rapper who can't even spell his mama's name, got eight babies' mamas, done blew all his money, and is about to go to prison. That's what y'all looking up to. Oh, when I was in China, do you understand I have never? I was teaching. I was on the faculty at Syracuse University when I went to go teach a class in China in 2006. I have never been respected as a professor like I was in China. The only thing compared that compared to the respect I got in China as a professor is dealing with black people in the black business school. Y'all give me respect. And I appreciate that 100%. I promise you, I appreciate that. When I was at Syracuse University, they, they talked to us like, like, like we worked for them. It, it, was, it was crazy. And I'm, I didn't grow up like that. I grew up with discipline. I'm from the South. We don't play that shit. You know, but, but literally... You know, so so I'm just telling you that overall, um, you're on a boat. That boat is called the Titanic. And you got time to build a lifeboat for yourself. You've got time to disengage and stop believing. Plug. Okay. Can y'all hear me? Give me actually. Let's do a quick audio check. I got to do an audio check. Sorry, guys. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Give me a yes if you can hear me. All right. 
because it said my mic was unplugged. I want to make sure I'm coming through all right. All right. So so you've got this thing called the future that's coming and you've got time to get ready. And preparation means um, lots and lots of investment. It's like getting ready for war, you know, getting ready for a battle. When you get ready for a battle, you got to like start stocking your supplies. You got to start laying out your battle plan. You got to start training your soldiers. So what does that look like for B1 people? What does that look like for B1 people? To me, what that looks like is um, I'm training my soldiers. I'm, I'm making sure my kids get a good education. I'm not leaning on this failed American public school system. After they come home from school, I'm going to give them the real real about what they need to know in order to be a successful adult when they hit the age of 30. Right. I'm going to teach them about all the things that they're not going to learn in school. At school, they're going to learn gender pronouns and, and a lot of European history and a bunch of other stuff they won't need. Now, when they come home, I'm going to teach them how to be a, a, a good father, a good husband. I'm going to teach them. Uh, I'm going to teach them how to raise children properly. I'm going to teach them things about building wealth. I'm going to teach them things about owning property. I'm going to teach them things about their history. I'm going to make sure they learn these things. Uh, so you train your soldiers, stock your supplies. What else? What does that mean? Well, that means I'm investing. I'm investing now. When that newborn baby comes into the world, I'm going to start buying stock for that child when they are zero years old. In fact, I'm going to start. I'm going to, if you're really ahead of the game, you'll start buying stock for your child when they are negative 10 years old. Negative 10 years old. You have no idea how, from a mathematical standpoint, how much math, how much massive wealth that child can have by the age of 25 or 30 if you had enough foresight to start investing for your children before they're even born. If you did that, your kids will never have financial problems. And, you know, so so ultimately, and then I think culturally, I think we've got to disinvest in American culture. I think there's so many things about this culture that are anti-family, uh, so many things about this culture that are anti-happiness, even anti-happiness. Uh, so many things about this culture uh, that, that are unhealthy. Look at Look at the food. Just look at the food that they encourage you to eat in this country. And look at how many people in your family are getting cancer. Look at how many people in your family getting cancer, heart disease, diabetes. Look at that. And then and then and then they and then they got the nerve to tell you that the only thing you got to worry about is COVID and that the answer is for you to go get that jab. That's literally all they got. That's all you got for me. That's the only time you care about me is when COVID's here and you want me to get your shot because you're gonna get paid off of that shot. You're getting money off of that shot. You you don't care about me. You're not doing this because you love me. You know, it, it's it, and I think it's really unfortunate that more of our people don't understand this. So I can't talk to all those people. High blood pressure, that's another one, Feet Funkerson, great point. You know, I, I can't talk to everybody. I, 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 I offend a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are conditioned and trained to not listen to somebody like me, right? Because I'm not a guy who fits into mainstream. Whenever mainstream media talks about me, it's usually in a pretty negative way. You know, and 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 I and I'm okay with that because I don't think that anything that's happening in mainstream America leads to successful outcomes for anybody. Look around in your country. Look at how many people are unhealthy. Look around in your country. Look at how many people are financially insecure. Can't even come up with $400 for an emergency, for financial emergency. I'm a finance professor. I can explain to you exactly why that's happening and how you can avoid it, right? Look at how many people out here are miserable, sad, hate their lives. You know, you got to, you got to dissect all this and make a damn plan. You got to make a plan. And that's and so, so so let's get back to the politics. My wife is waiting for me. I got to go upstairs. But but going back to this, this is my point here. You know, we started off with talking about Candace Owens and all these 
political figures that you see on TV and these people that have big platforms. These people don't care nothing about you. They don't care nothing about your family. They don't care nothing about your kids. They don't care nothing about your life. They are literally saying interesting things that will get clicks and views so that they can make their money. Uh, you know, it's interesting to watch because I, I the conservatives created platforms like the Daily Wire, where they learned how to monetize by basically making American politics into the, the entertainment that it's become. That, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's entertainment. That's what it's become. Like, really, I mean, seriously, I, like, like, for example, let's talk about the trans issue. The trans issue is what got Candace barred from or demonetized on YouTube, right? Now, we can have our own opinions on the trans issue. I don't care what your opinion is. But I really, I mean, for real, think about this. How much of your life actually is affected by whether or not binary, non-binary people can use the girls' bathroom? Seriously, like, like, really, like, like, what? How much of your life is like your day-to-day life? Most of y'all, in fact, give me, a, give me a yes in this chat if you are not a trans person. Give me a yes in the chat if, if you're not trans or if your children are are not trans. If that's not an issue for you, seriously, if that's not a day-to-day thing that you're dealing with on a regular basis, and if you, and if you are then cool. You know, love you too. God bless you. I pray for you because I know that it's going to be, the life is hard for you. If you are in that category, I'm, and I'm not here to judge that. I don't, I don't understand. I have no idea what it might feel like if I'm a big old hairy dude and I, in my, in my head, I feel like I'm a woman. I, I can only be empathetic to that. Right. And, and I, and so, so really, if you think about, I mean, process this for a minute, y'all really, you know, you got to ask yourself how much energy Am I wasting on issues and topics that ain't got nothing to do with the quality of my life? Ain't got nothing to do with whether or not I can pay the bills. Ain't got nothing to do with whether or not my kids are okay. Like seriously, ain't got nothing to do with. So who cares? <laughs> like that, that's that's fun. That that's entertainment. It's like it's like me watching a Dallas Cowboys football game. When I watch the Cowboys play, I have had the misfortune of cheering for the Dallas Cowboys since I was a little boy. It was really wonderful up until about 1994 when uh, Jerry Jones' ego uh, decided to fire Jimmy Johnson. And then after that, the Cowboys have been crap. So I watched the Cowboys, and when they give us false hope every year that they're actually going to have a good team, I'll admit, I get excited. And when the Ohio State Buckeyes are doing well in in college football, because I graduated from Ohio State, that's where I got my doctorate, I cheer. I get excited. I'm like, yeah, we might win this year. But really, think about this. That's just entertainment, right? So when the game happens, don't get me wrong. I'm like every other sports fan. I get pumped up. I get excited. You know, I'm my hands start sweating when it's the last play of the game. But then when the game's over and they lose, I slap myself back into reality. And I realize that if the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl, ain't nobody going to send me a check. I'm not the owner of the team. That's not, that's not my team, right? So, so you have to decide how far you're going to take it. Right. So so I think it's OK to engage in the politics. I think it's great to kind of watch and see and talk about it. And it's, it's fun. Right. It's it's it's, it's um, in academia. We used to call that mental masturbation. Literally, that, that was the term that was used. You know, you just enjoy thinking about it. It's fun to think. Thinking is good. You should do a lot. We should all be thinkers. Right. But then at the end of the day, I want you to just look at your life and look at the things that matter. Look at the things that are going to move the needle for you. And then start strategizing around how you can fix those things. That's how you fix the problems in America. I believe that these solutions are not political. They're not large scale. The solutions are going to happen one family at a time. We built the whole black business school around that. I said, if I can go 
one family at a time. I don't try to go speak in public schools. I don't try to speak at universities. Universities have their agenda. Public schools have their agenda. I don't try any of that because I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a black man who says what's on his mind. So they're not going to want to hear what I have to say, even though I'm smarter than 99.9% of them. I don't even ask for their permission. You know what I do? I talk to the mama and the daddy. Talk to the parents. I say, look, if I can talk to the parents and get the parents who run that institution called your house, that institution called your family, and if I can convince them that what I have to say has some merit and value and, and can actually help them accomplish a goal, then we can score all of our touchdowns without asking for permission from anybody. We don't need no government giving us permission. We don't need no corporations giving us access. We don't, we don't even need mainstream media. One family at a time. That is the one thing I've seen that is a solution that works for black families that can break out of the culture and be proactive, break out of the culture and make a plan, break out of the culture and embrace education, break out of the culture and embrace wealth building, break out of the culture and embrace family, break out of the culture and lead to a world where black men and black women love each other, right? You do those things, then you win, you win. And unfortunately, the sad part is everybody ain't going to win. You know, everybody ain't equal. You know, I, I, we want to believe everybody's the same. Everybody's equal. Everybody ain't equal. We know this. People have different levels of intelligence, different levels of discipline, um, different levels of open mindedness. Right. So that's the sad part is that, unfortunately, uh, because I believe some of you are so supercharged in your commitment to the future. Some of you are, I mean, some of y'all are hyped. I meet you. And some of you are so pumped up about what you're doing with your family and your kids. And I love you. I'm so happy for you. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to learn is something that I learned when I disassociated from most of the black males in my family. I, I love them. I love them, but I didn't want to be a part of what the culture. I saw the, the alcoholism. I saw the baby mama, baby daddy issues. I saw uh, the, 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 the struggles and the stress of financial failure and misery. I saw, uh, laziness. I saw, uh, distractions. I just saw a bunch of ignorance. And, and, and so when I broke away from that, I was free. I was able to fly. My ego was able to soar at a higher height because I didn't have all that baggage. But the problem is sometimes eagles end up flying by themselves. You know, you, you could tell all the chickens in the coop. Hey, look, you know, if we if we really, you know, if we really strengthen our wings, we can go high. You can tell them all day. But some people just want to stay chickens. Some people just, you know, chickens rolling packs, chickens. Misery has a lot of company. A miserable, sad, unhappy, failing black person is always going to have plenty of other black people who say, yeah, I, I get it, man. I know what you're saying, dog. I know what you're saying, man. You know, it's it's that person who says, hey, you know what, maybe we can actually fix this and maybe we don't need white people's help. That's the person who gets seen as the oddball. That's the one that, that, thinks, that everybody thinks is uppity. That's the one who's unrealistic. That's the one who's disruptive. I don't mind being disruptive, you know, but I but I'm just telling you when you as, as the more you succeed, the more you're going to separate and you have to strategically look for other people who have the same mindset so you don't feel alone. Because I'm very much alone. I am so alone. It's amazing. Like I can go to cities where people recognize me on the street and I love all of y'all when I see you. But do you understand? Like I went to Houston and I, I told my friend Willie, Willie D is from the Ghetto Boys. He's my buddy. He was in my wedding. And I told Willie, I said, isn't it crazy that I can come to a city like Houston and people recognize me in the airport, on the street, everywhere I go. And you're the one friend that I talk to when I come to Houston. 
And, and I said, that's a strange thing. I think that it's because throughout my life, because I had goals that were so extreme, because I just believed, I, I trained myself to believe in myself so much. And I was so determined to break away from the mental slavery that black, that constrains black men. men. I didn't want to be a loser. I didn't have a lot of people to hang out with. So I got used to doing stuff by myself. So, so I, I think I formed like a, like a, a weird anti-socialism about me where it, it it's hard to kind of connect to certain things because, because I think that they just work so hard to keep you feeling sorry for yourself. They want you broken. They want you begging. They want you to know to stay in your place. You ain't got to do that, man. You know, it's, but, but if I, but it doesn't matter if I tell you that it, you have to believe it. If you believe it, then it's going to happen for you. If you don't believe it, then God bless you too. Right. So anyway, that's all I got to say. I, I didn't mean to get so deep on you. I apologize for that. But this is me just reflecting honestly on this, because I think this is so this is a soul searching kind of process. Like, I really think that as black people, um, I'm completely convinced that every single one of you can win and overcome all this oppression nonsense. Um, I don't think you need <laughs> you don't need to go beg Joe Biden or Donald Trump to do it for you. Um, I don't think that you even need corporate America, you know, the job market and all that. I think that uh, there are plenty of cultures that know how to start businesses and invest and own and all that. And I just really encourage you to um, to put yourself in spaces where you're going to be coached to go to the highest level that you can possibly reach. And that's and, and so that's part of my job is to encourage you to just know that it's there. Believe in yourself. Keep going hard. And don't try to look for validation from other people, because I think that when your vision is that strong, very few people are even going to understand what you're talking about. So don't even waste your time arguing with people who can't see it. Just bless them and move on. You got it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's it, guys. I, I thank you so much for listening. Um, uh, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, by the way, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's on Amazon, so feel free to go take a look at that. Also, on voicewalkins.com, there's a free training called How to Make Money Without Working. A lot of you all like that, so uh, feel free to go to voicewalkins.com. That's there. Also, if you want to join me in uh, Illinois next week, uh, I'll be out by the O'Hare Airport speaking for JJ Conway at her event. Uh, and also, I'm going to be in Seattle July 8th uh, with Khabibi. And uh, so you can go to voicewalkins.com. I put links for both events right there. If you want to meet in person and uh, hang out and do some things. All right. So uh, Verlinda says, got the book off the hook. Well, I love you, Verlinda. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it. If you get the book and you like it, if you could leave a comment, I'd appreciate that very much. And then also, if you're thinking about buying the book, when you go to Amazon, read the other comments and then get a sense. Uh, the comments are really good. So I think uh, I, th I know I know you're going to like it. I was very, very happy uh, about this book. I feel like we accomplished a lot with this. All right, guys. So have a good day. <clears throat> Michael says you read the book twice. Whoa, <laughs> that's so cool, man. I'm, I'm so flattered to hear that. Thank you so much. All right. So God bless you guys. Please have a wonderful night. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out and uh, share, subscribe, all that stuff. I'll see you guys soon. Take care now. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees. 
Triple ten. Three PhDs now we on the CNN. DBTV. Let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.